0: Welcome to the Sawyer Highlands and Converge Community Church Sermon Podcast. Each week we will upload the sermon that was preached during the Sunday morning service at our new Buffalo campus in hopes that it will serve you well during the week. So sit back, relax, and may you be encouraged by the great hope you have in Jesus Christ as you listen to the preaching of God's Word. Wow, nice job. I I put that in my notes, that song, and I'm like, that's great. You guys really opened us up so well. God is mighty. We serve a mighty God. And Happy New Year. What a blessing it is to be around and to be able to enjoy worship and to worship with you in person together and those tuning in online. Um, Thanks for being here. A a reminder, tomorrow starts our 21 Days of Prayer. So if you want to join us here at 6 a.m., we're going to be praying. And, uh, and later on in the service, uh, there's sticky notes around here. You can put down uh, prayer requests, people you're, you're praying for, uh, things that are, are on your heart. And we'll be praying as a faith community about those things uh, for the next three weeks. So uh, we'd love for you to join us and uh, to be here in person or just be praying um, before the service, come before the service, after the service. You can be praying for the requests of our brothers and sisters here. Um, I encourage you to think through as we begin a new year, how do we move closer to the Lord this year? What does it look like for us to, to talk to God, that mighty God? Well, we're, we're going through a series on the book of Psalms. Psalms is a 2,500 year old hymnal, there's 150 of them. Uh, a majority are written by who? David. The majority, 73 are written by David. Uh, There's some by Solomon. uh, Moses wrote one, Psalm 90. And then a few are by other guys I don't think we really know much about. 50 are anonymous. The king of kings and lord of lords. Maybe you've heard that that saying. That's from the scriptures. He's the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. That means that no Putin in Russia, no Xi Jinping in China, No, Emmanuel Macron in France or Trump or Biden or Congress or Supreme Court could hold a candle to the power of God. He is sovereign. He reigns. And we see this throughout Scripture. So we could go through the Bible from beginning to end, and we see his his extent of his rule. And here, here it is in short. He rules over the ice. Job 37:10. So that snow or ice that you experience as you drive here, as you walk here to church or you drive today, that is by the will, the decree of God. He is sovereign, he reigns over sun and rain. Matthew 5:45. He gives food to the raven. Luke 12:24. He is sovereign over the dice. And so our authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. So our molecular structure is held together by the, the will of God. It's held together by God and his design. So when we're talking about God ruling over creation, it includes every single thing. He's in control. He governs all. So my big idea, again, remember, as strong as creation is, God rules. The verse continues. Look at the verse. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. So what is majesty? What does the word majesty mean? Jeff last week would take a word and kind of ask, you know, what does this mean? I think it's a good thing for us to think through. What does it mean, majesty? It's kingly and grand. I think this means he wears his glory in such a way that if we were to see him unfiltered, we would die. The only way we can see God's glory is through a veil dimly or look at Jesus. As strong as creation is, God rules in glory. God rules in glory. The verse goes on The Lord reigns, the Lord is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. He's put on strength as his belt. What does it mean that he puts on strength as his belt? That means that he doesn't just have jurisdiction over this area of sovereignty, but he has ability and capability to exercise his authority. His strength is not just in name. It's not a badge he wears with no power behind it. He asserts that power that is qualitatively his. As strong as creation is, God rules in glory and power. What's the extent of this power? We see it through his work, and that's what the verse continues to go on to say. The Lord reigns, the Lord's robed in majesty, the Lord is robed. He's put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. So, God's creation is an evidence of his superiority. So, we can look at Lake Michigan, like we talked about. We can look at Lake Superior, Ontario, Erie, and Huron. He made it with a word. We we read in Genesis that he separated the waters from the land, he spoke the Rockies and the Smokies into existence. He willed some 10,000 species of birds and 900,000 types of bugs to exist. He holds protons, neutrons, and electrons together that make up all our galaxies. He is more powerful than anything we could create or tame or harness. No tidal wave or fad could stop him, thwart him, or shock him. No one can match our God, no one. But that's not all. Verse 2, look at verse 2. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. What does that mean? That tells us that he's, his rule was from ages ago. He has always existed, always. The mighty creator wasn't created like you or me. God was and is the creator. What came before him? Who created God? Nothing came before him. No one created God. He was before all things, period. I, I must admit, I enjoy uh, Marvel movies. Uh, some of you do, do as well. And each, I think in each, there's a bad guy or a bad gal. And they're seeking some, some power that, that they don't have, some control. So they're looking for the Tesseract. They're looking for some magical stone. God never works like that, Never. He always has been in control. Without the aid of the Avengers or an alien force, he doesn't worry or get surprised or exhausted. He doesn't need a guardian of the galaxy or champion. That's always been the case. And as strong as creation is, God rules in glory and power from before time. The next section contrast God's strength with creation. We see in the next couple of verses, we see things aren't always good, even in this world that God's created. It brings us to point two, God compared to the creation. Look at verse three. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their roaring. On August 10th in Bridgman, a flood ravaged the town. This is a picture of what happened. And some of our people had their houses flooded. Our, our youth pastor, he, this is like his neighborhood. Power was out for 15,000 customers. And probably you remember it. That was this last year, and some of you experienced it. I know I did. The floods raged for a night, yet people were cleaning up for months, or for weeks at least. In ancient times, people looked at water, and they saw a supernatural force they couldn't contain. They couldn't stop. They couldn't control. They were afraid. Like the god Poseidon or Neptune or the Kraken. It was spiritual, dark, and dangerous. And we hear this unbridled force unleashed in verse 3. As the psalmist is reflecting, the floods have lifted up the Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their roaring. Can you picture that? Have you experienced that? There are times... In our world, that things seem out of control, don't they? Failure looms large, our demise seems real. And perhaps in those moments, you wonder, what's going on? Why are you letting this happen, God? What's the point of this? Have you felt like that? Have you thought those thoughts? Those are things we can put on our Connect card, we can put on a sticky note, and we can be praying about because it's real, right? Maybe you're not there. Maybe you were there. But it seems like if you live any length of time, you start struggling with these floods, these floodwaters. Maybe you feel like that right now. I think we need to remember what's the point of the Psalms, a big idea. God's king leads God's people through the valley to sing God's praise. He doesn't leave us in the valley. What valley do you face? It's times like those. Honestly, those are the times that I feel like I'm closest to God, that I have to be praying. I need to get on my knees. I need to close the door. I need to cry out to God and ask for help. I think times like these fuel prayers, and God doesn't leave us there. He brings us there. He brings us through that point. He takes us to that wilderness, but he has a point. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants to call us in to relationship with him. And we get to verse 4, and we hear this. Mightier than the thunders of the many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. As As mighty as those waters are, God is mightier still. Verses 1 and 2 are still true in the midst of that suffering. What does verse 1 and 2 say? The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed, he is put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved, your throne is established from old, you are from everlasting. So as strong as creation is, God rules in glory and power from before time. The psalmist teaches us more through this last stanza, the third movement of a song, God in His Ways. He's not just in control, but he has a character and quality that can encourage our hearts in the midst of difficulty. Look at verse 5. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Very trustworthy. Hear this, friends. We serve a God who is trustworthy, and that's a really, really, really good thing. What does that mean? It means we can trust him. I was reading the news this week about a lawsuit against Disneyland. A woman purchased something called a dream key. A dream key for 1,400 bucks. What does the dream key get you? It gets you access to the Magic Kingdom or this Disneyland. And and she bought this in September and was excited, but then noticed with this dream key that there were some limitations on it. And she was upset. She filed suit to get, her, get money from Disney because she thought they owed her. How much money do you think she claimed, filed suit for? A million dollars, $5 million. She wants $5 million in November. Why? Because she thinks they lied to her. They deceived her. They broke her trust. Now, as you know, much of you think this uh, the merits of her case is good or bad, or whatever, Uh, She's not alone. Because if if we've lived every length of time, we can say we've experienced broken trust from politicians, from corporations, even from friends and family and neighbors. People let us down, haven't they? People lied to us. And if we're honest, too, we've broken our promises from time to time. Maybe we've lied and can think of a lie. Who hasn't? Well, God hasn't. He never breaks his promise. He is trustworthy. He is true. He is faithful. He is good. He is our King of kings and Lord of lords. And when he says something, he does it. When he promises something, he keeps it. You won't get to heaven and say, well, this Bible isn't true. We must remember as strong as creation is, God rules in glory and power from before times. His ways are true. He can be trusted to keep his promises. He is faithful to do what he says in Psalm 93. That's what Psalm 93 is saying. And it keeps on going. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house. Not only is God trustworthy, but he's holy. That means he's perfect, set apart, transcendent, other. He's not like a a good old boy, a buddy-buddy, pal that has his faults, failures, and flaws. No, he's pure. He's spotless. He's blameless. Isaiah says some really good things. There's, there's one thing where he says though our sins are like scarlet. We're like white as snow. And, he, and he's able to do that through Jesus. He forgives our sins through Jesus. But he has this vision in, in chapter 6 where he sees the Lord He sees the Lord, and there's these angels called seraphim around the throne, and they're saying to one another this. They're saying this to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That means God is perfect. As strong as creation is, God rules in glory and power from before time. His ways are true and perfect. Verse 5 concludes this. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Forevermore. God is not only without beginning, he is without end. He is trustworthy and holy forever. He will not change, his character won't switch. He won't surprise us or devolve into something diabolical. He has been, is, and will ever be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Spurgeon is this p- preacher from like 150 years ago in England and was known for his amazing ability to put words together. And he wrote a poem based on this psalm. So, listen to this poem. Loud the stormy billows spoke, loud the billows raised their cry. Fierce the stormy billows broke, sounding to their echoing sky. Strong the breakers tossing high, stronger is Jehovah's might. True thy words in sanctity welcomes thy temple bright, yea, they than the mighty waves of the sea. So when we compare that powerful Lake Michigan it has nothing on our powerful God. Brothers and sisters, regardless of the crashing waves and chaos in life, in 2021 or 2022, God is in control. He reigns supreme, and He is mighty and good and great. The strongest creation is God rules in glory and power from before time and his ways are true and perfect forever. Let me tell you one last story. Jesus was with some friends and they had been teaching and serving and ministering and it gets to be dark and he wants to get away. He wants to get away from it all, take a break from ministry, they hop in the boat and they're out in the water, and he takes a nap. You may have heard this story or remember this story. All of a sudden, those waves are billowing. They're breaking, and the boat is, feels like it's sinking. And He's with fishermen, and they're freaking out. This is not looking good. And what is he doing? He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. And this is what they say, teacher. They're waking him up don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care? And he awoke, and guess what he does? He rebukes the wind with a word. He says this, peace, be still. And guess what? The wind ceases, and there's a great calm, and this is what he says. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they're filled with great fear and said to one another, "Who, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Who is this? We serve the king of glory, mighty and majestic, full of goodness, the almighty king of creation, Jesus. He was and is the fullness of God dwelling among us, who came and we celebrated his birth just a few days ago. He came and lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death, rose and conquered the grave victorious and ascended into heaven. And he's calling us home. He's calling us to him. And one day he'll come back. Or he may call us to him before he does. Are we ready? Will we worship him? Do we worship him today? Can we cast our cares on him? Because he cares for us. This triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He longs for our worship to declare his praise, just like the psalmist did. Now, perhaps you haven't been worshiping him. Your circumstances seem overwhelming, and you need a life raft. When I was in college, I took a class on uh, lifeguarding. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And never was a lifeguard. I'm driving to my post office. I went to Harvard, and I used the skill once. There's a guy on the ground. The postwoman's on the phone with 911. This guy's dying. And so I started doing CPR, the compressions, until the the medics come in there. And maybe, maybe your life is like that. You're on the ground. You're dying. The reality is we're worse apart from Jesus. We're dead. But he came, lived, died, and rose victorious to give us life in him. And we need that, don't we? And maybe, maybe you need that for the first time and want that this year. We're going to be taking communion in a bit. Communion is an opportunity for us to reflect on the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done. By giving his body and shedding his blood for forgive our sins and invite us into a relationship, a real relationship with this mighty creator. And so when we take that bread and we take that, drink that cup, we proclaim his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we proclaim our faith in Christ. And so maybe that's the first step of faith they'll take is celebrating communion this year with us. It's that simple to have a relationship with the Lord. is to believe that Jesus died for my sins. And we can have a relationship with the living creator God of the universe. He died because he loves you. Let's pray, and I'm going to share a little bit more about communion. God, thank you so much for being the mighty God to save, to save us. I pray that you'd help us. Help us remember what you've done and to praise you for that. And maybe there's some that haven't really been praising you because the, the world's just so raw and rough. The waves seem overwhelming. I pray that you'd help my friends out there that are struggling. Maybe they aren't even aware of their struggle and they need to know it. I pray you'd wake up the dead and you'd, you'd bring people to Jesus through your living word. Thank you for dying and rising and Conquering our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like more information about Sawyer Highlands Church and Converge Community Church, and the service times for both campuses, please visit our website at www.sawyerhighlands.org. Until next time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope